Punching Holes in the Darkness is a podcast by the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. It's an opportunity for pastors and leaders in Michigan churches to have their voices heard and to share how to best reach our mission field from Detroit to the Upper Peninsula. Well, today, folks, we have Dr. Danny Aiken from Southwestern Seminary with us. We're going to be talking about all kinds of issues, things that are important to us in SBC and beyond, and I know you are going to enjoy it. We'll be right back in just a few minutes to do just that. Friends, I want to introduce to you one of our new partners. It is GuideServe. They are our financial partner who helps us take care of all of our nickels and noses, so to speak. Uh, GuideServe is an outsourced accounting partner for our Baptist State Convention of Michigan. Uh, GuideServe provides professional accounting solutions to churches and ministries all across the country. And they offer, they truly offer some comprehensive accounting and payroll solutions to organizations ranging from just beginning church plant to large churches and expansive ministries. And listen, if you'd like to know more about them, you can visit their website at guideserve.com or send them an email at info at guideserve.com. And by the way, if you mention BSCM, uh, when you do, it'll be a benefit to us as well. So welcome our new partner, Guideserve. Welcome to another edition of Punching Holes in the Darkness, a podcast of the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. I'm Tim Patterson, your executive director here at the Baptist State Convention of Michigan and your host today. Today, we have a very special guest, a dear, dear friend of mine, Dr. Danny Aiken. He is the president of Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. And uh, Danny, I, I guess, Danny, we've known each other for decades it seems like and, back uh, to the uh, late 1970s yes it was as we uh, we were students together at Criswell College in Dallas at a interesting and glorious education there at that uh, in the fine institution and, and then we went on to southwestern and danny you went on to southwestern seminary got right. an mdiv and then uh you went to the university of texas at arlington where you received a dphil is that correct and right. and uh, uh of course he he always picks those crazy topics and things i think it was bernard of clairvaux or something of that nature that you worked on in his soteriology or something of that nature that is correct he was a wonderful evangelical back in the 12th century all of my professors including my roman catholic chair agreed with my uh, conclusion so that's he amazing was a, he was a forerunner in many ways to the reformers yeah, and and what I love, Denny, is that you went to a school that was decidedly a secular school. Yeah, uh, had had nothing to do with religious training particularly, and uh, did your work there and had a great witness and testimony among your your professors and uh, those who were overseeing your work. Uh, I, I just remember those days, and I just thought it was a such a courageous thing, but also I think it's a wonderful thing because it prepared you to go where you have been in these last years and, and uh, decades in education and ministry. So uh, uh, another little thing, uh, you're married to Charlotte, one of the sweetest, wonderful ladies I think I've ever met in my life. Um, you have four sons, Nathan, Jonathan, Paul, and Tim. That is and that. they're all married. And how many grandkids do you have now, Danny? 14. Goodness, and 
four to eight, eight uh, girls and six boys. Family reunions are fun with you guys, aren't they? When you they are together? wonderful. They are yeah. very, a lot of energy, a lot of energy. And Danny, uh, you, of course, you've worked in the seminary settings uh, for some time there with Southern Seminary and then also now as the president of Southeastern Seminary. And uh, I know that's that's been kind of your heart and passion over these years. You pastored as well. Uh, you've done missions literally all over the world. Uh, you're a prolific writer and author uh, and a very engaging preacher and proclaimer of the word. I've, I've heard you preach on many, many occasions. Um, you've been in my church. Oh gosh. Well, I came um, to your church in Florida for uh, over a decade, every single year. Yes. And, and, and it, 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 our people talk about that. And my friends still talk about that today, uh, how you were such a blessing to us and encouraged us during those times. So why I'm saying all this about Danny, as you're listening folks, is that he's been where you are. Uh, he's been that student in the trenches. He's worked in small churches in uh, metropolitan areas in difficult places. He's grown churches. He's he's taught uh, at a very basic level in education, but he's worked in that and he's worked in missions. He has he knows what it means to rear a family and children and do these things. And I can tell you, I've watched Danny and been around him long enough. He's done all these things with integrity and uh, character. And, and that's what I love about him. He's a straightforward, straight shooting kind of guy. So uh, Danny, again, thank you. Thank you for joining with us today. Tell us a little bit, Danny, about what's going on at Southeastern Seminary at this time and, and what God's doing there on campus. Well, Tim, God's been very kind to help us navigate the COVID year and uh, our enrollment is very strong. In fact, I was able to tell our trustees last week that we now have more than 5,600 students taking classes with Southeastern. Uh, we actually now train students from uh, juniors in high school all the way through the PhD. Uh, we train students, uh, of course, in Wake Forest, North Carolina. But uh, even last semester, I taught a class on Bible exposition and several of my students were IMB missionaries scattered around the world. So technology can be used for bad, but it can also be used for good. And I'm grateful that we have the capacity now to train men and women literally anywhere at any time around the world. And so a great trustee meeting last week, sweet spirit on the campus. We're getting more and more back to normal. And so it's really a very good, uh, encouraging and sweet time uh, at Southeastern right now. Amen. Well, Dan, th thank you so much. I know one of the your hearts is when, when I've been on campus at uh, at Southeastern, your your heart and passion and it, it permeates really everything you do from chapel to uh, how you your your administrators work, your those support staff and your students and your classes. You guys love missions. I mean, you really love missions and. Uh, point pastors and leaders into the mission field. You want to talk a little bit about that and tell us what, why that is and what you're doing? Well, we do say, Tim, that we uh, aspire to be a Great Commission seminary, which means every classroom a Great Commission classroom and every professor a Great Commission professor, hopefully training uh, every student to be a Great Commission student, Great Commission graduate that will go out and be a part of Great Commission ministries. And that doesn't mean that everybody is called to be a missionary internationally, but everybody is called to be a missionary. 
Uh, Spurgeon used to say every Christian is either a missionary or an imposter. And what he meant by that is every Christian should have the nations on their heart. Every Christian should be involved in reaching their Jerusalem, uh, their Judea, their Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I'm convinced that when you have the nations on your heart, you'll serve better where you are and you'll help your church be a, a healthier and more faithfully um, a faithful New Testament church. So we do believe the Great Commission should be the umbrella under which we do everything that we do. And so, again, I tell folks, you'll teach Greek, Hebrew, theology, ethics, philosophy, history, and every other discipline better if you're thinking, how can I teach this class in such a way as to help uh, fulfill and be obedient to the final marching orders of the Lord Jesus, which was go and make disciples of all the nations. So that is the heartbeat of the school. And again, I think it helps us do theological education and ministry preparation better. Well, I, that's that's exactly what I, I believe that uh, God will have us do. And I, I'm so glad you're at the helm there at Southeastern. Let's see, Danny, if we have some students here or young people who are feeling led and called to ministry and particularly to uh, education and preparing for ministry, and they wanted to... Uh, Oh, let's say go to Southeastern or one of your undergraduate work or all the, all the way through the, the doctoral programs, what would they need to do? Who do they need to contact? How do they go about that? All they need to do is go to our website and find uh, the admissions button, hit it, and the process will start. And if they want to have a phone call, they just give us their information. They'll get a phone call within a day, and then we'll begin to walk with them through the process of where they are what they want to accomplish and how they can do that. We'll talk to them about the various options uh, coming to the campus, uh, doing it online, taking advantage of hybrids where they come on campus for a couple of weekends at a time. That's a mixture of, of online and on campus. And so the good thing again in our day and age, Tim, is there is a, a plethora of uh, delivery systems and we will work with you that um, to provide a theological uh, path that fits your particular situation wherever you are. Of course, I still think that it's best if they can come to the campus. But some people like where you are have viable ministries going on right now. It'd be horrible for them to pick up and move and leave that uh, congregation that they're already serving so well and so faithfully. But they also realize, I need more training. All right, you stay where you are. And in essence, we'll bring the training to you. Awesome. Awesome. It's, 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 a, it's a new day in a new world. <clears throat> yes, I know Danny, back in, when we were doing it, it was uh, the innovation at that time was, oh, you can get a video cassette of this class and you can sit, you know, they'll mail it to you. You can watch it in your room. That was as close as we got to anything like that. And uh, I, I remember that well, as I was doing some external work out of Liberty University and so forth. Yeah. But uh, no, I'm so glad. Day. It's oh, it's complete. Well, thank you, Danny. I, I appreciate that. So, friends, what he's saying is, if you need, if you really are considering uh, education, whether it's undergraduate or graduate or postgraduate, uh, just contact the seminary there, and they will literally hold your hand and walk you through the process of what you need to do, how you need to do it, everything from finances to uh, the physical aspect of being on campus. Uh, they'll help you with that. I know, and uh, knowing the campus there and the people there. You will love, love Southeastern Seminary. Amen. Well, Danny, hey, there's just a lot going on in the SBC today. Oh, my goodness. It's uh, 
it's just kind of crazy. We have so many things. Things are shifting. Things are changing. You know, one of the things, Danny, I have uh, in recent months uh, have been dealing with some issues. And basically, I'm I'm a conservative, Danny. I'm I am. I'm a, I really am a conservative Bible believing. I believe in the errancy of the word of God, the plenary inspiration of it is sufficiency. Uh, all I've, that, that's my heart. That's who I believe. But you know, there are some who've called me into question recently that I'm just not conservative as they are <laughs> because I'm not as conservative as they are. Uh, I must be liberal then, but Tanya, I've, I've not changed one thing about what I believe and who I believe in and the, the, trustworthiness of God's word. And I know you deal with that as well in our convention and, and, uh, and days. And sometimes you're, you're questioned about whether you are uh, conservative enough. How do you deal with that? How do you approach that, Danny? And how do you uh, uh, respond to people when they say things like that? Well, basically, Tim, uh, I will say that my theological convictions today are virtually identical to what they were uh, back in 1980 uh, when I graduated from Crystal College. Uh, I was committed then to the full inerrancy, infallibility, authority, and sufficiency of the Bible. I haven't moved away from that one whit. Uh, I was a um, I was a Baptist faith and message uh, 2000. Uh, proponent when it was adopted. Uh, Southeastern, by the way, not only affirms that, we affirm three other confessions of faith as well. Uh, the Abstract of Principles, which is the oldest confession of faith among uh, Southern Baptists. We also affirm the Chicago Statement on Inerrancy, and we affirm the Danvers Statement on Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. And so uh, that's who we are. Now, there's still people that will come along and say, and it's always been the case, it's just now with social media, they have a bigger platform and they make more noise. But you'll have people say, well, you don't interpret the Danvers statement the way that I do. And my response is, that may be true. Uh, but I am a complementarian. I think we both agree that only men should lead their homes and only men can serve as pastors, elders, overseers of their local church. Well, yes, okay. We may differ on some of the uh, details, and that's where I think Al Mohler's uh, model of theological triage is very helpful. But here's the problem. For some people, yes, we have to be lockstep on tier one issues. Yes, we have to be lockstep on tier two issues. And some would even say you got to be lockstep on tier three issues. And so let's just take one easy example. It's not enough for some people that you believe that Jesus is coming again that heaven and hell are real, and that everyone will stand before him in judgment, and those that are in Christ will go to heaven, and those that are not in Christ will go to hell. No, that's not enough. Uh, you have to be, for example, uh, premillennial and pre-tribulational. Now, Tim, I am premillennial, and I am pre-tribulational, but our confession of faith doesn't require that. Furthermore, I've got some dear, dear, dear brothers that love the Bible, love the gospel, that love the Word of God, and they are not premillennial, and they're not pre-tribulational. Now, here's the, the, the issue. 20 years ago, that wouldn't have been an issue. During the conservative resurgence, that wouldn't have been an issue. But today, because some people, and I, I'll just tell you how I see it, some people like to tie the theological knot so tight 
they exclude people that ought not to be excluded. Now, we're not talking about liberalism here. Right. We're talking about tying the not among conservatives Absolutely. Um, so tightly that you start ruling out of court brothers and sisters that ought not to be ruled out of court. I, I remind people, and, I, and I wanna, I'll give you a good example. W.A. Criswell is a hero to both of us. Yes. He allowed his wife to teach a mixed Sunday school class for over 50 years. <laughs> yes, he did. Do I think that that was a good thing to do? No, I don't. Do I think it was the right thing to do? No, I don't. Do I think that means he was a liberal? No, I don't. Uh, anyone that calls W.A. Crystal a liberal is a fool. They don't know what they're talking about. Absolutely. And so we can differ with him on that particular issue, but not say, okay, W.A. is outside the boundaries and the parameters of what it means to be a good, faithful evangelical and a good, faithful Southern Baptist. So one of the things I think we need to do today is learn where we need to draw the lines and where we need to extend grace. And we're not really good at that. Furthermore, you've got some people on social media that, uh, again, want to tie the knot so, not so tightly. And, and, and Tim, they're not really true evangelical. They're really true ideological fundamentalist. Yes. Now, I want to be clear. I am a fundamentalist in my theological convictions. I believe in the fundamentals of the faith. And if you go back historically to the fundamentals that were uh, issued in the 1920s and 30s, I would agree with every one of the documents yes, that absolutely. was issued then. Mm -hmm. But I'm not a fundamentalist in my disposition. Correct. Uh, I'm more of an evangelical. And I'm happy to wear that... Um, that uh, wave that flag and, and, and wear those colors. And so I do think if we can begin to, number one, speak the truth in love, uh, extend both grace and truth, and uh, have more conversations with one another than speak at one another, I think we can get down the road of uh, better understanding and greater unity for the ultimate assignment that the Lord gave us, and that is the fulfillment of the Great Commission. What I've discovered is people that want to fuss and fight about some of these issues aren't very good at uh, sharing the gospel, and they're not very good at being on mission for the Lord Jesus. I've noticed those same characteristics, Danny. It just, it does frustrate me, and uh, it's distracting. And, and I try not to get distracted by some of these things because social media, there, there are certain people should not own a computer. That's just all there is to it. They should not be allowed to be online because it just, it's just not appropriate. Well, there's nothing redemptive uh, or not. edifying about what they do. They, no, they it, think that it is, but it's not. It, it's damaging, it's hurtful. And they, people say things they would never say uh, face to face and they would never do it in person. Friends, we want to welcome today uh, One Mission TV as our sponsor here at uh, Punching Holes in the Darkness podcast. They have been an invaluable partner with us since I've come here to uh, the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. What they effectively have done is they took all of our media resources and we put them together in this one neat package that One Mission TV takes care of. They're just doing an admirable job for us and have really taken us to a different level in our media work. Here's some things they've done for us. They've done web design, they can do logo design, designs for print materials, and of course any kind of video presence and, and recording you'd like to do. And uh, they've really 
helped us enhance our online presence as they can for you. Great guys, great partners. You will be glad you have done this. They're really a one call media company and I think you'll be blessed by using One Mission TV. And friends, if you wanna contact One Mission TV, you can do so at info at onemission.tv. That's info at onemission.tv. You know, Danny, one of the issues that has come up, and we've talked about this before uh, during the past year or so, uh, the seminary presidents got together and they made a statement uh, during uh, one of their meetings, and it was in reference to, uh, I believe it was the anniversary of the Baptist faith and message and so forth and doctrinal statements. And it, it made a statement about the, the critical race theory and intersectionalism. And uh, that has just created enormous amount of heat and debate and angst and anger. And, and honestly, here in, in Michigan, I've, I've been the recipient of quite a bit of that. And uh, I just want you, would you mind speaking to that for a moment and, and giving us a little more clarity about what is said and what is done and, and what has transpired during that? Sure. And, and let me say on the front end, our goal was never to cause all of the conflict uh, and all of the uh, hurt uh, that that has resulted from that. And, and we grieve over that. And they actually have said publicly uh, that we grieve over that and that, uh, you know, hindsight's worth a million if we could, we'd have gone back and processed the whole thing uh, a bit differently to try to mitigate uh, that. Uh, basically, uh, what uh, folks need to understand is this wasn't just a special meeting. The seminary presidents meet every November to do seminary business that's required for our six entities in relationship to the Southern Baptist Convention, funding, responding to um, motions from the uh, annual convention, and so we were meeting normally. We always meet together in uh, November, though this time we did it by Zoom and not together because of COVID. Secondly, we were responding to a number of state conventions, in particular, uh, Louisiana, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, Georgia, uh, even uh, North Carolina, Tennessee, that had in their state convention meetings in the fall, raise concerns about critical race theory and, and the seminaries. And so what we wanted to do was make clear uh, to uh, those and all state conventions uh, two things. Number one, we adamantly reject and stand against any and all forms of bigotry and racism. And we stand in continuity with the various resolutions that the SBC has adopted going back to 1995, apologizing for our racist past uh, to our African-American brothers and sisters, acknowledging that racism exists both on the personal and the systemic level, uh, acknowledging that we are in agreement with the uh, resolution that condemned the alt-right and white supremacy groups that we uh, are in agreement with the resolution that uh, condemned the use of the Confederate battle flag. So when we said that we stand in continuity with the SBC's decisions and statements, we were including all of that in the initial statement so that we began with a clear denunciation of racism in all of its forms. Then we came back and said, but we wanna be clear that we do not think critical race theory 
as an ideology or framework in any form can be uh, something that we can adopt and something that we ought to embrace. Now, that doesn't mean, and our statement didn't say, that uh, critical race theory never gets anything right. Uh, even someone like Vody Bauckham, who's a very strong critic of critical race theory and intersectionality, would say, number one, you ought to study critical race theory and intersectionality so that you understand really what it is. Secondly, he acknowledges that it can sometimes raise good questions and even make valid observations. Absolutely. And we would not deny that. But what we would say is, and by the way, this is exactly what Resolution 9 said uh, in our Birmingham Convention. It cannot function as a helpful framework, uh, transcendent worldview, because it is flawed in its roots and its origins, and it is flawed in its methodology. And in particular, it simply doesn't allow for healthy Christian categories that are essential to rightly understanding just how deeply evil and sinful racism is. Furthermore, it doesn't provide a solution when we know that the only solution is the gospel of Jesus Christ and the fact that, as one of my uh, good African-American professors said in chapel a couple of years ago, preaching from Ephesians 2, uh, in Christ, both Jew and Gentile are reconciled, and Gentile and Gentile are reconciled. And so we recognize that the gospel is the answer and solution to our problems of, of, of all sin, including the sins of bigotry and racism. And so we would want to be very clear with our uh, African-American brothers uh, and sisters that we absolutely recognize the continued evil and wickedness and reality of racism. And we absolutely understand that they deal with issues and have experiences that are not true of those of us uh, of a different uh, skin tone. And we're not denying that. Uh, we would be a fool to deny that. And we want them to know that we genuinely are sympathetic and, and want to be even more sensitive to issues that they have to deal with because they are our brothers and sisters. We dearly love them and we are family and family takes care of family. And so we want to do that well, but we recognize we don't do it perfectly, which is why we hopefully are, are good listeners and when we have uh, the opportunity to make healthy changes, we're going to. And certainly I'm committed to that here at Southeastern, and I'm committed to that just as a, a follower of Jesus Christ who longs for the day when churches on earth look like the church in heaven, where every tribe, tongue, people, and nation are gathered around the throne, adoring the same Savior, uh, loved by the same Father, and indwelt by the same Holy Spirit. Uh, that eschatological vision guides and directs how I approach living life and doing seminary uh, today. Well, Danny, thank you. Thank you so, so much for that clarity. You know, there's so much confusion and misinformation about what is said, what was not said. I've had guys tell me, well, they were not at all, these talking about the seminary presidents, they were not at all apologetic for any of this they uh, and I'm, I'm you should not be apologizing for this standing on biblical inerrancy and biblical truth and uh, 
and against that which is not. Uh, that, that's, that's not, you never apologize for that. But they were saying, well, you were insensitive about this. It was not good. Why didn't you respond differently? And I, I've felt and I have sensed that you've tried to respond as well as you know. And uh, I thought you responded well. Anything on that in, in responding to them? Uh, is there anything you felt like you should have done differently or would have done differently? Or you feel like you've, you're doing the best you can with what you've, you've said? Well, we said that we did regret the uh, hurt and pain that came out of the statement. That certainly was not our intent. Secondly, we, ex we, we said publicly that we would have been well served to talk to some of our African-American brothers uh, before we uh, issued the statement. They could have helped us uh, craft it and maybe articulate it in a way that would have been less hurtful. Uh, we then did meet with the leadership of the North American African Fellowship and crafted a statement that we put out together. I know that they followed up with a statement that said they still felt like it wasn't exactly where um, they wanted it to be. And, and we responded by saying, look, we still want to listen. We still want to talk. We, we, we still believe that we've got a whole lot more that we agree on than that we disagree on and where we do disagree. Let's talk about it. Let's continue to work hard to understand each other better. And all I can say, I, I can say this, Tim, I'm absolutely con committed to that. And so I'm hoping that in the uh, one of the suggestions they made is that we would have some uh, conferences on our campuses uh, that were jointly sponsored by, say, Southeastern Good. and the North American African Fellowship. We are 100 percent in agreement with that. We need to get past the covid days, but we would be very, very supportive of that. And uh, we're more than welcome to always receive uh, their uh, insight, their counsel. They've made some suggestions about uh, some things we could be doing on our campuses. Thankfully, some of those things, Tim, we're already doing. In fact, most of them we're already doing, but they did raise some, make some suggestions that, you know what, we're not doing that, but that's a good idea. Let's see how we might be able to implement that. So I would say we are listening and that's what good brothers and sisters do with each other. And uh, we're committed uh, to moving forward together with our African-American, uh, Hispanic, Latino, uh, Asian brothers and sisters, all of the various ethnicities that make up the Southern Baptist Convention. We are committed to working together, moving forward to fulfill the Great Commission. Danny, thank you. That, that, that's such a, that's such, so, that's so helpful. Thank you for saying that. And, uh, you know, what we would love to do is have you come be with us here in Michigan sometime and hang out with us and uh, I'd be honored. A, and have a conference with us and let us talk about these things and fellowship with one another. I, I just want, I want my brothers and sisters of Michigan to know you, to know your heart and to hear your passion and who you really are. Let's uh, get a date and I'll come. All right. We're going to do that, Danny. Folks, thank you for listening today. Thank you for being part of Punching Holes in the Darkness. Our guest today has been, of course, the wonderful Dr. Danny Aiken, president of Southeastern Seminary. And uh, we love him, love uh, what God's doing through him. We talked a lot about several issues, and hopefully we can have him back on the podcast again in the future and talk about more of these things and help hopefully bring a little more insight so that together we can punch holes in the the darkness. God bless you. Have a great, great day. This has been Punching Holes in the Darkness, a podcast from the Baptist State Convention of Michigan. If you have liked this episode, 
please rate us and leave a review. That will help others to find us and enjoy these conversations too. And if you subscribe, you will be notified when new episodes are available. Join us next time as we help Michigan churches punch holes in the darkness.